Hello there and welcome to the Clutch Tennis Podcast. Um, we have Luke waiting in the room, so so when Luke is ready, he can he can request to join. There we go. Okie dokes. Hello, Luke. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Um, so uh, we, we come back to the Clutch Tennis Podcast after a, a relatively lengthy break, um, but, but ultimately, uh, well... Lots has happened, I suppose, in the last few weeks, both on and off the court. Um, but we are approaching the the World Tour Finals coming up now, and there's actually quite an interesting race for that. Um, but I think our last podcast was the the US Open, and uh, you might have a bit of a recap for us there, Luke. Is that right? I do. Yes, appreciate this was now what, almost two months ago, something like that. Um, but yeah, it was a. It was a, a, a fortnight of, of near misses for us. I think I'd um, summarise it like that. Um, Jack and Charlie's uh, accumulators both missed by one leg. Sorry, do you say something? Nope. Oh, sorry. Um, as I was saying, uh, Charlie and Jack Sackers both only missed by one leg. And it was the same leg as John Millman. Um, my Acker was a bit of a car crash. I had two wins and three losses. Um, but overall, um, we had 10 wins and four losses. So, you know, we, we, we're right on a lot of them, but sadly didn't come away with any profit. Um, I also tweeted out some, some accumulators throughout the week. And I think all of them actually missed out by one leg. Um, very, very infuriating. Um, in terms of our outrights, um, I, I think myself and Charlie both went to Zverev, who um, it gets the semi. I can't remember now. Uh, yeah, wasn't it against um, Djokovic, and he went to went to five, I think. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, so that that was that another that was another close one that didn't quite um, come through. Um, wild cards. I picked one of my worst ones ever. I think, which was Djokovic to win the title without dropping a set, and he. He dropped a set in every round apart from one, so uh, not not great for me. Your your wild card of Karlovich to beat Rublev also was over <laughs> pretty quickly. Oh, well, <laughs> it, was, it, it was a fun one, but um, didn't didn't quite happen. Um, and Jack's wild card of Herkash didn't uh, didn't come through either. He lost a Seppi, didn't he? Quite early on. Uh, yeah, he did yeah. It, it was a. To be honest with you, the U.S. Open was one of the best events of tennis I've ever watched. It was. He was so good this year, but it, it was not one for betting on really because it, it was just an absolute mess. There was there was all sorts going on. <laughs> so it, it was it was a real shame. Yeah, yeah no, they were, they were up, upsets all upsets all over the shop, which you know, um, is great. Is great as a spectator, but as as a as a better, yeah. it's, it's not. And, and the court speed itself lent Yeah, I was just going to say the court speed lends itself to, to those kind of results. I, I can't see any other type of surface really where we'd have had the likes of what was going on there happening. And then over on the women's side, obviously Raducanu coming through and winning the whole thing. So um, it was just one of those one of those weeks, really, wasn't it? Yeah, it really was. Have the uh, the one bit of success we did have is Jack correctly uh, back to telling Medvedev to win the title. And he did um, at odds of fifteen to four, so it's just under four to one. Um, so that's a nice bit of profit there, five point six two five units as, as we go each way. 
However, overall, um, we weren't in the red, sadly. Um, we were down 5.375 units. Yes, yeah, so so really not a great, as I say, week week for the betters. But uh, I mean, to be honest with you, oh, I just enjoyed the week that week. It was it was such good tennis. It was, as I say, the most the most enjoyable weeks of tennis I've seen for for a long long time. Um, it, it is also uh, very useful that we've we've not got Jack, the only one who had anything that won that week here this week. Um, Jack is obviously off on holiday, um, so it's just me and Luke and. Um, I feel like it's important to note that even in spite of our podcast absence, um, apparently we're we're the seventh uh, highest ranked tennis podcast in the UK or something of sorts, um, which is kind of cool. So um, maybe we'll try and get this back with with some frequency if we can amongst sort of busy work schedules and everything else that's going on. I'd love to do it more, um, but often things do get in the way. Uh, anyway, moving on to this week. Now, typically for anyone who follows the podcast with again, some frequency of when we used to uh, post. Um, we always used to do a bit of a discussion at the start as to the matches of the week that we think are going to be going to be the most exciting, not necessarily the ones that we pick to, to back, but the ones that we think are going to be the, the best watches. Now, this week, we're going to do it a bit differently. Uh, it's the Paris Masters, but there's such a hotly contested race for the World Tour Finals this year that it's actually really, really, well, much more interesting to talk about that, to be honest with you. Um, what with Nadal having pulled out, um, it leaves there uh, basically one spot available and three people. Well, I say I say one spot. I looked at it earlier and I was actually amazed how how close it was between even Casper Rude, who I thought was miles ahead. So really, we've got two spots and four people fighting for it. We've got obviously the seventh and eighth, eighth spots available, and we've got Casper Rude, Cameron Norrie, Yannick Sinner. And uh, Hubert Hercage all fighting for those for those four spots. I believe as it stands today, there's 200 points that separates the lot of them. Kasparud edging out narrowly in front by about 100. Sinner due to overtake him, I think. Um, uh, I, I believe he is anyway in the live race. Um, and, and then you've got Hercage and Norrie just narrowly outside. Norrie's the last of the lot, but only by about 20 points. So realistically, with a good result this week, any one of them could creep into creep into those spots it's also worth noting obviously the people who have already qualified um and uh th- those people are novak djokovic uh daniel medvedev uh, rublev Tsitsipas, zverev um and uh berrettini i believe uh, the six who have already qualified um not in that order necessarily but but that those are the ones who have qualified um and so i thought i'd just open the floor straight away to to you luke just to have a little bit of a chat about kind of who do you think is gonna gonna get in out of those out of those four names we discussed? Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's it's very close. I I thought Rude was, you know, kind of um, a, bit, a bit of a cert to get in, but um, Sinner after after a decent week last week getting to the semis is is only just behind him, and it's, it's less there's less than a hundred points in it, and there's there's obviously quite a lot of points on offer at this event, so. There's a lot that that can and and will change. I mean, I'm looking at looking at Rude's draw. So he, so him, Hercash and Sinner all get buys, but Norrie doesn't, which is a bit of a disadvantage for him. Although Norrie does have uh, Del Bonis, so I think he'll be fine there. Um, but Rude, I mean, his, his first match is against either Bublik or Evans. You know, that's, that's not ideal. It's it's, it's you know matches that I, I think he will win, but it's definitely ones that he could, he could potentially lose. 
and then he matches up with uh, possibly Schwartzman or potentially TFO, who had a great week last week to get into the final. Again, that's that's not easy. And then uh, if he wins that, then it's it's Zverev, which you know he's, he's got a chance, but he makes Zverev the favourite there. Um, and yeah, I mean Sinner potentially first match against Alcaraz, and that that's a bit of a horror draw, really. Alcaraz is in in superb form, as I'll uh, I'll get into later with my Kima later. Um, so yeah, that's not that's not a good draw for Sinner. And he uh, could play Medvedev in the quarters. Yeah, quarters. I think that is so. That, that's not great. And then Herkaz, he's got first match against Paul or Struff. I think he'll be fine there. But then potentially Felix, who I think is a bit too far back to make it. Um, or maybe a certain Andy Murray or, or Jensen Brooksby, who drawn each other in the first round. Um, so yeah, I'm, 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 I'm rambling on a bit here, I'm, I'm aware. But if, if you had to ask me who I think will make it, um, I, I do back Rude and Sinner, who are currently in the, the spots seven and eight at the moment. But, you know, and anything could happen. And it's also, it's also worth noting that um, unlike usual, there is a there's another event next week in Stockholm, I think it is, that ca- that counts for the race. It's a ATP 250. So e- even after this week, it, it might not be set in stone who's uh, who's making that line. Yeah. So so just jumping in there, obviously looking at those those draws. Now for me, if you're just saying right now, who do I think is going through? Uh, uh, I'm discounting Herkaj. Uh, I think his form's sort of fallen off a little bit. Um, and I really, I don't know. I don't see him going particularly deep this week. If I'm if I'm looking at his draw and looking at who uh, who who are basically is in the best form. So so spoiler, Herkaj isn't in any of my selections really, um, and I don't think he's going to do it. So so I'm looking at the other three: Rude, Sinner, and uh, and Norrie, and I can see any one of them doing it. Um, now I don't know if this is just who I want to to get through, sort of paying a bit of reference in there to that. But um, uh, I do think Cam Norrie's going to do it. I've just had a little look at his draw, and I mean, he's got potentially a Pelka next round. After that, he's got Riblev, which isn't impossible, and then he's got Djokovic in the quarters. Now, that's that's not... I mean, he's not going to beat Djokovic, don't get me wrong, but it's not impossible for him to, to get to the quarters. If he gets that far, he's got a very good chance of overtaking one or two of the others. Like, as you say, Kasparu could very easily not not win a match here this week or not win a couple. Um, so same thing, really, going for, for, for Sinner. I mean, his draw isn't isn't spectacularly great either. Um, and, uh, well, it is a bit of a lottery, if you're guessing. But but if we're going on this week alone, uh, I'm going to say Norrie and uh, Sinner to, to get in. They're going to sneak in ahead of Rude. Um, but then again, you have got that 250 next week, and depending on who actually chooses to play it, which ultimately will basically be the, the ones who are competing, I would imagine, to to still be in the race. Um, it could come down to that as well. I didn't actually know that existed, so that's interesting. But, um, yeah, that could end up being a very stacked 250, really, in terms of quality, which would be very interesting. Yeah, as, as far as I'm aware, all, all of those guys have, have entered. Yeah, I, I can't see why they would. Unless one of them wins Paris or something, they're not going to be pulling out of it. 
So, um, yeah, I, I think Zverev's entered actually. Not, not too sure why. I mean, he's, he's gone, well, he's won the title this week. So, if he goes yeah. deep in Paris, then you'd be surprised if he pulls out. Yeah, he'll be he'll be pulling out of that, you'd think. Um, anyway, so that so that brings us on to this week, and um, obviously Paris indoor hardcourt last Masters event of the year. Um, so it's an interesting one, and um, I uh, I'm going to open the floor to you probably to start on this one, Luke. Actually, if you want to go ahead with your yeah, sure. Um, so. Um, as, as I alluded to, my first selection is uh, Carlos Alcaraz to beat uh, Pierre-Hugues Herbert, uh, which is one to three. Herbert, in terms of singles form, we all know he's a very accomplished doubles player. Uh, his singles form is is very poor. I think he's been mainly playing on, on the Challenger Tour. When he has played on the ATP Tour, he has struggled for wins. Um, however, I, I am aware that indoors does suit him as he's he's someone with a big serve and um somebody who obviously likes to get into the net and um has excellent hand skills around the net nice uh nice feel but i mean i just think alcaraz is playing too well at the moment i just don't think he's going to give him many opportunities to to get into the net um i, I think it's going to take a very very Good performance from Herbert to uh, to trouble Alcaraz, and you know he's obviously going to have to, to sustain that for for two sets. You know, I, I think he could he could nick a set, but I, I I don't see him beating beating Alcaraz over over three. So that's my first selection at one to three. Uh, next one, I've gone for Lloyd Harris to beat Alex Domino at two to three. Um, for me, Harris is one of the most improved players of, of the year. Um, you know, he's played, played some superb tennis. I, I thought that when he, when he made the final in Dubai, which is a very, very strong ATP 500, I thought that was, you know, a bit of a fluke, but since then he, he's backed it up and he's, he, he's been going deep in other tournaments, taking out big names, beat, beat a certain rapper on the dial in one of the, uh, one of the masters events a few months ago. Um, Domino, on the other hand, has, has not had a great year. Um, outside of winning, winning a couple of two fifties, he's he struggled a bit for form and uh, and momentum. Um, so, in, in terms of this match, that I think they'll both quite like the conditions. Domino as a counter puncher, um, he's somebody he quite likes a quick court, um, but Harris does as well, and. I just think that whilst Harris is he's still capable of throwing in a, a, a loose game, you know, a cheap game where he just switches off and makes cheap errors. He's, he, he can still do that, but I I still don't see him getting broken that often. Whereas I think he's going to have quite a few chances to break Domino's serve. And I think that's, um, I think that's what this match will come down to. Uh, and I think Harris... If you follow the podcast, then... then... Please just ignore that pick. I I hate that. That that's it's made my blood boil, Luke. But but please do. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, moving on. My next selection is Mackenzie McDonald to beat Dusan Lajovic at two to five. McDonald is someone else who's had a great year. Um, 
had, had some really good wins in the sort of US hard court swing. His recent form is is okay. It's not spectacular. Um, Lajovic, on the other hand, he, he's had a poor year. Poor, poor last two years, you, you could even say. His recent form's not good. I think, contrary to, to what I said in the last match, I think this matchup actually suits McDonald because he, he is the counter-puncher in this matchup. Um, and I think Lajovic is someone who, who prefers slower conditions. And I think if he can, you know, rush Lajovic a bit and put the ball in in tough spots, I think he's going to force errors from him. Um, and, you know, reading into this matchup a bit more, they, they've played once before, which was this year on clay, which is arguably Lajovic's best surface and probably McDonald's worst. And McDonald won in straight sets. Um, so I think McDonald would get the job done there. And my last pick is Diego Schwartzman to beat John Millman at 3-10. to 10. I think, again, this is a really bad matchup for Millman. Schwartzman is someone who's he's, he's just he's more solid than than Millman, um, but and he hits a bigger ball than Millman. I think I think Millman's gonna even in even in quick conditions he's gonna really struggle to hit through um, hit through Schwartzman, and I think Schwartzman's a better mover as well. Um, is Schwartzman's year has been a bit average by his standards, you could say. Um, you know he's he's not in contention to make the day to be finals, um, but he's, his form's picked up recently. Some decent wins against Murray, Nakashima, and Brooksby in Antwerp, and beat Fognini on feast last week in Vienna. Um, so I think, yeah, I, I just struggle to see how Milman can can hurt Schwartzman in this particular matchup. Um, so those four: Alcaraz, Harris, McDonald, and Schwartzman come in at 3.04 to 1. Um, I guess, shall I hand it back to you now? Yeah, 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 I'll jump in. Um, what I'm going to say straight away is, um, Luke, also, whilst I'm doing my accumulator, you can have a think of a second wild card if you'd like one. Because, again, we're mixing things up a little bit this week, and there's actually two that I really like the look of. So I'm going to I'm gonna open you up to have a, have a second shot at something big in the odds this week. Um, but... To be honest with you, um, our accumulators are basically identical minus that one absolute horror pick of yours. Um, so, so I haven't really got much to add, but I will go through it very quickly. Um, so, so if I get my my accumulator up now, the only thing that's different now, I I've gone for a fivefold, um, and I've got Diego Schwartzman heading up the line to beat to beat John Millman. Looking at that, um, Schwartzman's form was picked picked right up. It looks pretty good right now. Um, took a very, very strong Sinner performance over in Antwerp to beat him. Um, Schwartzman pulling out big wins, really, beating a very good uh, and highly uh, performing Murray that week. Um, and uh, just generally really dominating, actually, in some, in some relatively quick conditions out there, which is very unlike him. But he, he looked really good. And I think when you're looking at two players with, I mean, similar tactical styles, not not sort of game styles as such, but, but tactical, uh, tactical philosophies, um, you're looking at who who actually has the ability to create angle or, or penetrate through the court a bit more. That person is Diego Schwartzman, and Milman also has been struggling with motivation as he's he's voiced very publicly. And I think at this stage in the season, he's not really playing for anything. He's not really points to defend. I don't think he's really that fussed about being there. So so I think that's a fairly safe pick in Schwartzman. Um, next next pick, I've actually gone for um, 
Grigor Dimitrov to beat Gasquet. Um, bear with me whilst I just recall the odds of that. Uh, two to seven. Uh, I know the odds aren't fantastic, but he's not going to lose that match. Dimitrov, another man who's uh, decent history at this event, actually, uh, likes the quicker conditions uh, anecdotally. And um, if we take them, very, very similar game styles again, but Dimitrov, better form, uh, better physical condition, and much more likely to take the win there. Um, I've also gone for Carlos Alcaraz to beat uh, to beat Hebert. Um, simply put, he's not losing that. Um, Alcaraz is is one of the, the best returners on tour at the moment. Um, and he's also somebody who, who's not afraid to shy away from hitting the ball when it's there to be hit. So... Yeah, Hebert always poses the problem, especially when in France and on an indoor hard court. If he's serving as well as he can do, he's very tough to break and very tough to beat. And he's no, he's no uh, Muppet, really, from the back of the court, Hebert. But his form would really suggest that, that, well, I suppose if we're taking somebody who's very out of form and has been playing on the challenger circuit like, like Hebert and put them up against a youngster who's in absolutely impeccable form, um, and is returning ridiculously well on quick indoor hards for a clay quarter. You, you can't look past Alcaraz there. Um, I've got Mackenzie McDonald to beat Lajevic as well. Simply put, Mackenzie McDonald's a great count, uh, counter puncher and point constructor. Um, and Lajevic really, I don't see him being able to put Mackenzie McDonald on the back foot too often. Uh, and when he does, I think it will be not clean winners. It will be kind of balls that Mackenzie McDonald at least has looks at passes and and chances to get back in the point. So I think McDonald, although two to five there, and I, I I can see that going the other way. So so bit of a disclaimer there, but I still think that's value at those odds. Um, and then I've got Bautista Agu to beat James Duckworth at one to three. Now, Bautista Agu, he is somebody who we haven't seen a lot of in, in recent weeks. He's been pretty absent on the tour for, for a while. Um, and he was in bad form when he left. I, I think he was dealing with some sort of injury nickel. Um, but uh, against James Duckworth, this is this is meat and drink for him. These are the people he eats for breakfast. Um, people who who want to dominate and get on the front for a relatively big serve. Great return of Bautista Agu semi nullifies that, and Bautista Agu plays very flat off both wings, meaning that the very very heavy whippy forehand that James Duckworth has, not so much on the backhand but just on the forehand really is going to struggle there. And I can see that Duckworth's going to end up overpressing far too frequently, probably succumbing to, to one or two breaks per set. So I, despite the worries about uh, Bautista Agu, I, I really do think that that is that's still a good value match. So in reality, we've actually got very, very similar accumulators and mine coming in at very similar odds of 3.11 to 1. Um, so, so that's sort of the end of the accumulators. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on mine, Luke, because obviously I, I liked yours can all I, other than can one. I just, can I just ask why? You... Uh, no, it's, it's, I actually do think that Harris is, is going to win. It was more the fact that when I was listening to the, to the description about that, I, I wouldn't be picking it because although Demon is in absolutely dire form, to be honest with you, um, it's these quicker conditions that he does tend to do okay in. And um, he still moves ridiculously well. And I think he's a danger because he's not going to be this bad form forever and it will turn. Um, and he's one of those guys who, like he did in Eastbourne, just can switch it on out of absolutely nowhere. And Harris is another one of these guys who, when his motivation isn't there, he really is junk. Like I've watched him lose some absolute shockers. So we're looking at a guy who's out of form, which I don't like touching very talented players who are out of form too often. 
Um, and we are, we're looking at somebody who's a very big power player, but I'm not a hundred percent sure where his head's going to be at, at this point in the season, which is a variable that we want to consider. Um, when we're looking at that matchup, traditionally on an indoor hard court, yes, I favor the bigger server and the bigger hitter. Um, so, so I agree with the pick fundamentally. Um, I'm just very scared either way. And I, there's too much risk in that one for me. Does that make sense? No, that's fair enough. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, regarding your other ones, Batista Gu, I was, I think he'll be fine. I was only put off just because his his form is, is really not very good. He, he hasn't been, he's been a bit off for, for a while now. It's, which is, um which is odd because he's usually very, very consistent. You know, I had him in my, in my end of year top 10 and he's now not going to make it. Um, was it last last he played and lost to to Schilich in three, didn't he? I think it was in Saint Petersburg, maybe. Um, and uh, I mean, yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, that's, that's not a surprising result. result. Yeah, but Chilich Chilich did go on to win the whole event, and it wasn't exactly a whitewash. And he did beat McDonald in the in the first round. So I mean, yes, his form is pretty pants for for the back end of this year, which, as you say, is surprising, but it's. It's not sort of diabolically bad. It's not like his losses have been to random challenger players outside the top 200 or something. He's he's just underperforming compared to our lofty heights of him. And although Duckworth has had a, a stellar year, really, I I just don't see... I see the caliber difference just being far too great. That's fair enough. Yeah, and then Dimitrov, I think he'll be fine. I'm I'm just wary of... Of ever going for Dimitrov, especially when when the odds aren't aren't great, just because he is. Sorry, oh, I bet on Dimitrov um, when he played against Ivashka. Um Was that at the U.S. Open? Even actually, I think it might have been. Um, and that was that was a horror show. If it was the U.S. Open, I can't remember. Um, it was either the U.S. Open or one of the run-up events. Yeah. Um, and that I think it was over forty unforced errors he hit in two sets. It was it was nuts. I've never ever seen anything like it, and I've watched a lot of tennis, so that's <laughs> that's saying something. But um, anyway, that's that's the accumulators that we've got. And to be honest with you, I think we might be onto a bit of a winner for once on those. I know we say that a lot, but these ones do seem at least semi-cautious. I don't think we've got any any random picks in there, and it's a Masters event, which lends itself to at least a little bit more normality with results. Um, it's not like a 250 where you get public showing up just randomly trouncing people or or some absolute nobody coming through and winning them. The, this is going to be big household names. Um, so that brings us on to the, onto the outrights, really. Um, and I'll, I'll jump in straight away and, and go for mine. Now, there's a few names on the list that obviously jump out at me. Um, but my, my number one for the title, and I was surprised by how good the odds are, um, is Medvedev at 4-1. to one. Um I think these. The, he, I believe he's won this, hasn't he? He won it against uh, Zverev um, two years ago when he won the World Tour Finals. Um, last, year. last year was it? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, and um, the conditions suit him. He's got a monster serve, and uh, he's very easily able to to sort of counterpunch and utilize his bizarrely good movement for a tall man, um, and really hurt people just like he can on any other surface. To be fair, but but much more on surfaces like this and. He's got more of a kick to his his shots than people give him credit for because they're they're very flat. They come through the surface very fast, and at four to one, I think that's that's remarkable odds really for for as you said, defending champion. Um, I think uh, Djokovic's odds are, are terrible. 
um, really. Look at looking at this event uh, coming in at eleven to eight. Um, uh, Djokovic's head is is all over the place. I'd never seen anything like what happened at the U.S. Open, and then he's kind of gone off social media, gone off everything, and just sort of made the odd appearance to say, "Look, my next appearance is going to be at the at the Paris and World Tour Finals." So, um, I really would not be surprised to just see Djokovic semi tank the week. Really, and he'll put he'll win a few matches because he always does. But when he comes up against someone good, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't didn't sort of show full effort. Um, so I I really think those odds are bizarre, and I think that's great value on on Medvedev. Um, I'm also going to jump straight into my my wild cards as well. And I say wild cards because, as I said, I picked two, um, and this is because I think the real value of the week comes on if you're looking at one of the guys who is who is fighting for the uh, the World Tour Finals. They're the people who've got it to play for. Their motivation is not going to be in question. And equally, we know their form is ridiculously good. Um, so the only person who's potentially, well, two people out of those lot who is potentially not in quite as good form, I would say, is Rude and uh, Herkash. Rude, less so. He's been picking up results here and there and hard isn't really his best surface. So uh, let, let's take that with a pinch of salt. But um, as I say, Herkash, I'm, I've not been wildly impressed with. Um but I'm looking at the odds of um, of Cam Norrie here at 40 to 1. And I'm thinking he's won a Masters this year already on a hard court. Granted, this is a bit quicker. It's not what we expect him to, to do best on. But that flat backhand is going to stay pretty low. And um, I, I can see if you go each way on it, he's, again, got a great chance if Djokovic does just just throw a throw a absolute pants match out there. Um, I don't think it's impossible that he comes through. And as I say, it's a wild card. Let's take a punt on it. Um, but then equally, looking even further down the list, Carlos Alcaraz, 50 to 1. I think this kid can beat anyone in the world, and I mean that. He is so good. His level is ridiculously high. His return game is very good. His serve, although much room to develop on it, it's not something that gets broken every single game he plays. Um, and as I say, for a clay court specialist, he he moves so well on these on these hard courts, sliding out the corners, playing on the back foot well. And um, I think he's most vulnerable, arguably, when he's playing those sort of three-quarter shot balls where he's actually trying to attack into the court. And, I mean, you look at him and he can still do it very, very well. Um, it's just I think he's marginally less comfortable up there. And uh, that's not a big weakness because you don't want to be giving him those shots because he's going to win it nine times out of ten still. So um, I think 50-1 to one on Alcaraz and 40-1 to one on Norrie, I think, I think although they are more than likely not going to win. I should say that's why they're the wild cards. I think I think those odds again are just very generous. So so that's kind of all of my input on my picks. So I'll I'll hand over again to you now, Luke. Yeah, no, but again, there's a lot of similarity between my picks. I um, I think I agree. I think the Djokovic odds are terrible. Um. You know, given the circumstances surrounding his last match, you know how, which was obviously the US Open final. You know how how poorly he he played, um, and the fact that we haven't we haven't seen anything from him since. You know, this is his first tournament since then. He's, he's obviously mentally strong. You know, I'm, I'm sure he'll he'll come back stronger. But you know, there's 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 still question marks there, um, and. Yeah, so I, I wouldn't be going anywhere near Djokovic. Um, I agree. I was, I was, I was surprised to see uh, Medvedev at four to one. I think that's a pretty good price, to be honest. Uh, defending champion, um, he really likes the uh, 
really likes indoor um, conditions. Um, you know, he's, he's got a huge serve, but he, he also moves well, uh, defends well, does does everything well these days, to be honest. So for me, he for me, he's he's the favourite. I think he's more likely to to win the title than Djokovic. I'm not obviously not saying Djokovic can't, but um, Medvedev is is my outright here at four to one. Um, my wild card. I've gone a similar route to you um, in looking at those who are looking to qualify for the ATP finals, and I've opted for Yannick Sinner at sixteen to one. Um, I think. He is more he's more capable of beating the the top guys than someone like a Nori or or a Herkaj even I'd argue maybe even a Rude even Rude as well just because he he just has such huge weapons that you know if he's on um, there's kind of not much you can do really um, and he's just hitting you know massive massive ground strokes and, and serving big. And his his form is really good. He's won won two titles recently, one indoor hard. Yes, the, the fields weren't amazing, but still um, reached the semis last week and this week even in Vienna. Um, and yeah, I, I think that there's massive incentive for him to make the his home ATP finals in uh, Turin. I think. Um, so yeah, he's my wild card. Um, when you. When you asked me to have a look at another one, I was I was immediately drawn to Alcaraz as well. I think fifty to one's a good price. And as, as you say, I think I agree. I think he can be anyone really. He's he's, he's got yeah. We, we can always say. To be fair, that might even make sense if we do agree on it. Let's just share the additional wild card. Why not? We never done it before. Yeah, but let's do that then. So yeah, Carlos Alcaraz at fifty to one. I am aware that. Um. Alcaraz, if he wins, will play Sinner in round two. So one of them will be exiting early. But the other one, I think, has got a great chance of going deep. Oh, Alcaraz and Sinner, that is a hell of a round two, that is. Um, I think that's a really bad matchup for Sinner, actually, just looking at that on the surface. Because uh, Sinner is somebody who doesn't have much variety, but his his... A game is is very very talented and good, obviously, um, and he can he can get most people off the court just with with flat pace, to be honest. But I think Alcaraz is one of those guys who who can punch it so well that it really will. If if he turns up, it really will cause problems for for Sinner there. So it's going to be a really interesting week, anyway. Um, and uh, I I think that kind of brings us to the to the end of what we need to cover. Um, We've gone over over the week. We've gone over sort of what's coming up in the weeks to come, and it's a really exciting time for tennis. Um, so hopefully, we're going to be as the Clutch Tennis Podcast. Hopefully, we'll get Jack back towards um, towards World Tour Finals time, and we might be able to to get a bit of a, a bit of some well, a bit more coverage, I suppose, of what's going on. A bit more sort of action on our on our Twitter. A bit more action on the podcast again. Because uh, it's a shame that it, it did sort of subside a little bit, but it has it has obviously taken the back seat with lots of things that have been going on um, in each of our personal lives. Obviously, Luke is still a student and he's back at uni. I work full time. Uh, Jack works full time as well. So unfortunately, this isn't, as we've said before, the, the day job. So it does sometimes disappear off the face of the earth. But it's always a pleasure to, to have a chat about some tennis again, which is... Obviously, we're <laughs> fairly knowledgeable about it. We spend a lot of our time watching it. Um, and it was really nice, actually, on my birthday of all days to get a notification saying that we were the 
um, the seventh most listened to to podcast in the UK um, for for tennis. That is obviously, um, but uh, but yeah, that was that was that was quite nice um, and fairly fairly high up there as well in the world, which was was pretty cool um, and a bit of a morale boost to to get this going again. So um, obviously Luke's always up for it, so I'll try and do my bit as well. Um, should add that Luke's normally the uh, we do obviously discuss things before they go on the Twitter, but Luke's normally the one who adds them on there. So feel free to to behead him if it goes wrong. Um, <laughs> Thanks, and that's quite all right. Um, but yeah, we'll 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 leave it there for today. So so thanks again, Luke, for for joining me this week. Thanks, and yeah, feel free to behead me when Air Bear beats both. Uh, I I will. I'll be fuming. Um, but yeah, no. F- follow our Twitter handle at Serving Up Clutch. Um, and yeah, just stay tuned for 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 more podcasts each week. Um, we might obviously come back midway through the week and have a little bit of a uh, kind of not not a podcast, obviously, but we might try and get an article or something of that out there. So we got our website, obviously www.servingupclutch.com. Um, and yeah, feel free to to have a look at all of that. Um, so thanks. This has been the Clutch Tennis Podcast um, for your Paris Rolex Masters Open 2021. Um, and yeah, all the best. Bye-bye.